You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. My name is Angie, and I am your host today. This is a show that's designed to help you guys as you're going out and sharing your faith with people as part of your everyday life. We want to help you guys to have the encouragement and the tools to be able to do that effectively and not be weird. And that's the big thing that we always talk about and laugh about, but it's so true. Mark Bird from Revive Ohio is with me this morning. Hey, Angie, how are you today? I am not weird, thanks to this wonderful show. Amen, right? We're trying to get unweird, aren't we? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's it's just got to be part of life, because you know what? When you have the joy of the Lord, it just, it comes naturally. And why not share God's stories with people and help them to see that God is good, and He's good to all of us, not just us, but them as well. And He loves all of us, not just us, but them as well. And that brings us to the point we're talking about today. It's week two that we're getting into cultural bias. Another person said cultural assumption. That was Pastor Kyle last week. It is when we take a moment in our brain and we put this person who's in front of us into a box. We say, uh, they'll never be the kind of person that would accept Christ. They're never going to listen to me. Um, They look like they're pretty squared away. They're not going to accept Jesus or they're not going to want to hear what I have to say. Or they're just a little bit outside of the cultural norm. And do I really want to talk to them? This is what we do in our heads, right, Mark? We do, Angie. And it's like, uh, would you hang out with this person? And so when that thought enters your mind, would I hang out with that person? No. And I'm not going to start today. That is the temptation. And we turn into Pharisees when we do that. We so do, because <laughs> has Jesus ever modeled that ever? He hung out with the, the guys, the gals, all of them that nobody else would hang out with. And we know that because he was accused of it by the Pharisees, right? And, you know, I we were talking about this off air, and I just have to bring it up. Sometimes we're afraid to talk to that person who's maybe not dressed the best. Maybe they look like they haven't showered for a day. They're just kind of unkempt. And we don't want to go talk to them because it makes us feel a little outside of our comfort zone. Yet we will go across the seas to mm. a third world country And we'll be happily able to shake the hands of all the natives there. And they're just as unkempt or dirty or whatever. So why is it so easy for us to go to a foreign country and not talk to the people that are in our right, right in our backyard? Which is even in most cases, super clear that their culture is way different than ours. Yeah. But here in America, we're both of the American culture per se, which is diverse, but yet They're not so much different than we are, honestly, but yet we, as you said, Angie, we wouldn't bat an eye getting on an airplane and flying across an ocean and meeting up with people and sharing with a very distinctively different culture. And we wouldn't bat an eye about it. I know what the difference is. We allow ourselves to step outside of our comfort zone Mm -hmm. and we allow ourselves to go up to that person. And that's the only difference is I don't, I talk myself out of it when it comes to being right here at the local grocery store or whatever. Whereas over there, you know, you're just, you're stepping out. You don't care what the people are doing or where they're shopping or any of that. So today, cultural bias is what we've been talking about. And last week we had Pastor Kyle Peters on here and he brought up such a great subject. I said, oh man, we have to dig into that. So why don't you set it up for us? Yeah. So we're looking into Matthew 13 today 
And this is uh, interesting because I'm I'm blending a couple of parables together here, but it's all in context and it is all about the same thing. We're starting in verse 44 today, and it says again the king verse 47 is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid, and for joy over it he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. And again, verse 47, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind. So just stopping for a moment and just absolutely unpacking this to the point where we go, are these three verses related? Is there a common thread here in these three different parables, which are very short, but Jesus used everyday common things, right? To prove a point. And so the question is, first of all, as we look at these three parables, individual verses, is there a common thread in there? I see the kingdom of heaven being mentioned in all three. Right. Exactly right. So the kingdom of heaven is what we are to present to the law. So when Jesus sent out the 12 and then he sent out the 70, he said, as you go, preach or say the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's right before you. And so what he's doing is he's revealing the kingdom of heaven right before you. The kingdom of heaven is like, it's like this, it's upon you. And when he sent the disciples out, that's what he said. And as you go, this is what I want you to say. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's right before your eyes. Going to Romans 1. So creation itself is without excuse because creation itself testifies of God. God is here. God is among us. Emmanuel, God with us. So what is the point that Kyle made in the first verse 44? What is the point in it? When he finds a treasure... He sells all that he has and gives that. Is that not what Jesus did for us? So if you think about this, God is sending us on a treasure hunt. Okay. To find those, right? And what would stop us in that mission? So what the would, people around us are the treasure. They are. And right? that there is a there's a deeper treasure that we don't know about. Right. And we need to share the gospel in order to to bring those to people un to uncover that treasure. It's yes. hidden in a field, right? There's something over it. There's a yeah. covering, right? Or something preventing others to see it. Exactly. Okay. Okay. So going back to verse 44, Angie, today it says, and this kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. So Peter describes to us, like we are treasures in earthen vessels. That's how he describes us. Peter does. Okay. And so in God's eyes, we're all treasures in hidden vessels. Yes. And so what we're saying here is if we would take on, as Kyle shared last week, if we would take on looking at people through the father's eyes, then we would look at them as if they are a hidden treasure that needs to be unearthed. That's exactly right. right? Uh -huh. And it's our responsibility to be treasure finders. The mission that we're, we're given is to be treasure finders. Okay. The Lord said they're hidden. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. They're right before you. They're with you. So I want you to be treasure finders. 
and help me uncover them and help them see how much I love them, how much I care for them, what I designed them for. Now, here's what we don't know, Angie. We don't know what purpose God made those individuals for. Right. But that's not our job. No, not our job. Our job is to uncover them, right? And introduce them to the maker, to the master, right? That created them. And the fact that God made you and he views you as a treasure. And so listen, let me introduce you to your maker. And so let's put this into some practical application. Let's say we're talking just a casual conversation with the person in front of us in line. Right. And maybe just to get conversation moving, you could do a, how can I pray for you? Or you might mention something about, I was praying this morning for a friend. I mean, you just might open up that door, just open it a crack, right? Sure. And eventually this, this conversation will be Holy Spirit led, I'm sure. And there will be maybe an open door for you to talk to this person about the love of Christ. So when we're standing in that position and we have the opportunity to talk to this stranger, we start to talk ourselves out of it. We do. And you know, I think that's because we're being self-focused. We're worried about us. We're worried about how we're going to look. We're worried about what we're going to say. We're worried about all these things. And all it has to do is with us. But when you're saying they're a treasure, if you actually look at that person, like there's a light shining on them and they are a pearl or they're a piece of gold, they are a treasure in God's eyes. Doesn't it make it easier just to walk up to him and say, man, you are a beautiful person. God loves you so much. I mean, I think even I could do that. <laughs> right. And I'll be honest with you. I know a pastor that does that frequently. He said, he just says like to open a conversation sometimes, Hey, do you know how much God actually loves you? Are yeah. you aware of that? Yeah. And I thought, wow, that's kind of corny or kind of weird. It's funny that you opened up with that, but I'm thinking about that even in this, even in this passage, Angie, you're saying, well, don't be weird, but yet be who God made you to be. And Paul describes himself as a fool for Christ. And so even in this parable, he goes and sells all that he has. He gives his self or his pride away and says, this is all for Christ's glory. This, I will become a fool for Christ for his glory in order that this person can see that God loves them because that's what I want them to see. I want them to see that they are a treasure that God has himself paid the full price for. Mm, Amen. And they don't know it. I think, and I said this a lot of times, Angie, I think the difference is this. People don't know what Jesus did for them personally and what that really looks like. That's the thing that separates us. But people really do need to hear that they are loved. There's people around us everywhere who don't know how to be truly loved. And that is a life changer right there. And how can they hear except we tell? Yes, exactly. So I'm interested in what you're going to say about verse 47. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a fishing net that is thrown into the water and caught fish of every kind. Oh, do tell, Pastor. It's so great because what did Jesus say to the fishermen that he called? Matthew, right? And his brother and James and John, the fishermen. What did Jesus say to them? Hey, man, you guys know how to fish, but come and I'll teach you how to be fishers of men. Yeah. How did they fish? How did Peter, Andrew, James, and John, how did they fish in their day? With nets. Yeah. And they and everything that got caught in that net came up. Exactly. So when they threw the net, cast the net, everything in that came up together, right? Right. And so I think what this parable is saying is, listen, 
you cannot just pick and choose who you share this with. That's what this says to me. Yeah. You yeah. cannot pick and choose who comes to me. You have to cast a broad you net. You have to cast a broad net and bring it to shore. This says, I love how that's worded and bring it to shore and let God sort them out. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's not to us to figure out what their calling was or what the purpose is. It's just our job to cast the net. Yeah. And that's the thing that we forget also is that this is a work of God. This is not a work of us going out and sharing the gospel. This is a work of God. And so once we take that step towards that person and let them know, God does the rest. And Amen. we have to remember that. Amen. And so cultural bias could set us apart. Like if you're going to fish for bass and you fish with a net, you might get some bluegills, <laughs> right? You might get a different kind than you were seeking out to find. But I think what this parable is screaming out to me is you're going to get different ones of different kinds. And that doesn't matter. Yeah. You need to be willing to do that. Well, that's a really great teaching today. Tell me the, the scripture one more time. Matthew 13, verses 44 to 47. And you guys can continue reading that on your own and seeing what God has to say to you. We are going to have a conversation with a friend of yours in just a few minutes who's going to take this scripture and kind of bring it to life in his own life. So you know that he's been doing this in real life, correct? Oh, yeah. He has absolutely taken all that he has and sold it and buying the field, right? He's <laughs> bought into the field that God has purchased for us. So it's a beautiful story, Angie. And what I'm going to say right up front is this guy's a lot like you and I. We may have been living as a Christian for many years, mm. but God got a hold of him in a major way. So we're going to talk about that in just a moment. You are listening to Time to Revive. This is Mark Bird, and I'm super excited to talk with a friend of mine, a pastor, a brother, a dear friend that I met in Auglaize County through Revive. His name is Pastor Kent Place. Kent, thanks for joining us today. It's a great honor to be on today. I just, it's a blessing. Anytime we can lift up our God, lift up our Savior, it's just amazing. So I'm happy to be here. Yes. Praise God. Thank you, Brother Kent. And I've had the opportunity and the privilege not only to walk out this sharing the gospel and uh, making disciples with Pastor Kent in his county, which he resides in Auglaize County, but Kent also made a trip down to Texas when we did Revive Texas and walked this out in Texas. And when we're talking about today is this cultural bias and whether we admit it or not, we're all plagued with this temptation, I'll call it, to have cultural bias. If someone doesn't look like us, act like us, sound like us, dress like us, you know, be like us, then, oh, well, I don't know. And so we make these pre prejudgments, these assumptions that, well, they either um, are too far gone or or they don't need the Lord. But Ken, I've watched you walk this out. We've encountered lots and lots of people. And I've said many times, Kent, you have the Walmart parking lot anointing, brother, because I've watched you go up to people in Walmart parking lot <laughs> and it didn't matter what they looked like. You know, you just started sharing the gospel and loving on them. Kent, can you kind of walk us through how do you process these things? You see people, and Ken, I've watched you share the gospel with 
lots of different, culturally different people. How do you come to grips with that, Ken? How do you process that mentally? Like, I need to go share the gospel with them. How do you overcome that, I guess, fear or bias? Can you speak to that? Sure. I guess the greatest thing in my heart is because I've been there. I've been there not knowing Jesus. And that's been a great thing for me, knowing what it's like not to ever know him for 26 years of my life. Being <laughs> being a, a rebellious young man in my own right before I came to Jesus. And I think my culture growing up with alcohol and other things that I was involved in, just knowing a little bit of what the world has to offer, which is not anything comparative to our Lord, it helped me to understand that we have a real world out there that's got real darkness and real perverse things going on. And I was there once, and it seemed as if I almost I, I can almost feel that when you're dark without Jesus, you need love. And uh, <laughs> so I guess that, that shares me for the most part is that I can't forget, or any of us as believers can't forget where we used to be. And so where we used to be, we needed someone to reach out to us. And I often share with people, you know, I never had anybody share Jesus with me as I was growing up as a young man or an older man. And so it just, it drives me knowing that all cultures, all colors, all people that God made, they need that love of Christ. So that's what really excels me, Pastor Mark. Amen. I love that he is going to leading with love. Yes. I think that is so key because if we could develop the love of people for people the way God does, man, that changes everything. I love it. Yeah. Go <laughs> ahead, Kent. Keep unpacking, brother. Uh, yeah. And I, and I tell the local church, and this is true probably of all believers, but I tell the local church that, you know, when I was, when I was running around and I was pretty crazy I said, you know, I thought I loved people, and I really didn't. I thought I did, but I, I tell the people, tell the church that when Jesus came in, he showed me for the first time of how I could really, really, really love people. So that was amazing to me, having God's love in my heart so I could share it with other people, because I really, honestly, I did not have that love for people and also um, love for a dying and broken world. But since he came in, it made all the difference in the world. He gave me he gave me that that love and that and that spirit of love so I could share like he tells us to share. So that's some thoughts on that for me. That's excellent, Pastor Ken. And you know, I'm thinking sitting here thinking about that, listening to you, Pastor Ken, and I think to myself, like, what if someone was culturally biased against me and didn't take that step like I could have easily been viewed as unreachable, <laughs> Pastor Kent. Like, I was not in any way, shape, or form serving the Lord. And if someone would have let their cultural bias stop them from sharing the gospel with me, I wouldn't be here today either, Pastor Kent. And it is, you know, again, we talk about the, the love of Christ, and the Scripture teaches us that those who have been forgiven much loves much. And that's what I think I hear you mm. saying, Pastor Kent, is, man, we're thankful for this. Mm. Mm. Can you share, Pastor that, Kent, like an example in your own life of that kind of testimony? I guess the first thing that comes to my mind is I'm so, I don't know if I'm 
going to be in the right column of what you're asking for, but it means a lot to me that I never grew up in a Christian home. My father and my mother were wonderful parents, but they didn't know Jesus. Mm. And so it was amazing to me that God kept me, sort of speak. He, he kept me, even though I wasn't up in a Christian family at all, but my mom and dad loved me. And that spoke volumes because I, as I look across the harvest field, I see people that aren't loved, and I see people that, that grows up in dysfunction, and I see people that are hurting and broken. Wow. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what all colors or ethnics across the board. It doesn't matter because we're all affected by it. So I'm just, I've just been in awe that God, uh, he had a plan. <laughs> Praise God, he had a plan that even through, I, I, I never knew Jesus as a young man, but God kept me. I believe, I believe that God kept me for another day. And I know you first said my life changed in April of 2017 when I went to Texas, Dallas, Fort Worth. My life changed completely. I was serving God. But after April of 2017, it was just super succeeded that my love for God just it, it just blew out the top, for lack of better words. But that's the kind of love that we can share. So it's been an amazing walk for me, brother. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking for those people out there listening, Kent, you were a pastor when that happened, right? And they're like sitting oh, there. Yeah. The people oh, that yeah. are listening to this. Kent, they're going to go, well, what do you mean you love the Lord and you were serving the Lord, but this major miraculous thing overtook you? You were already a Christian serving the Lord and pastoring a mm -hmm. church. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give us, Kent? You can overcome this, too, if you experience this love of Christ. Can you kind of walk us through that? I guess for me personally, it would be that after I, and after God touched me in such a way, Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas in April 2017, I was never the same. I guess what's amazing was it happened in, in Fort Worth to where the cultural was Hispanic, and we was able to walk some Hispanic neighborhoods in Fort Worth, and it was amazing to see. And one morning we led a grandfather to Jesus in the Hispanic neighborhood. And what I was told was, if you can win the grandfather or the father of that family, you're going to pretty much win the family because they're close. The Hispanic families are close. And they look up to the fathers or grandpas as such. So that was amazing that that happened to me. And I seen a, I seen a cultural breakthrough and it was something that brand new to me and it, it it made me feel so good that we could be used of God, and we've seen the culture barrier from the Hispanics, and it was a great thing to see uh, of God working uh, in that way. So just amazing, amazing thing. So, Pastor Kent, easily you could have allowed the cultural difference to stop you or as a valid excuse why you shouldn't go to this neighborhood and try to share the gospel, because ultimately there's a cultural difference, right? But you overcame yeah. that temptation to allow that cultural difference to divide you. Can you talk to us about how you allowed the love of Christ to compel you past that temptation? And that's what it was. You said it there in just a couple, three words, the love of Christ that's where it came from. In my own sense, Brother Mark, I could never do it. 
I can never do it, honestly. But the love of Christ, it it burns inside you. His spirit burns inside your heart. And then it's like there's no barriers. You know, it's just like there was no barriers to Jesus. Mm. You know, no barriers at all because when he walked this planet for 33 years or so, you know, that last three and a half years of public earthly ministry, there was no barriers. You know, they, they got on him for being talking with the wine bibblers and tax collectors and all the many different types of groups in his day and age. And we have to focus on that. If, if, our, if our Lord, you know, didn't have boundaries, you know, why should we? Why should, why should we have boundaries? Because he's shown us in his word that there was no boundaries with him. He loved people just as they were unconditionally. And I believe if you're tuned in to God completely and totally, there will not be barriers, my brother. That won't, that won't even happen because the love of Christ will, will take first place. So that's how it really happened to me when I went to Dallas-Fort Worth and worked with Hispanic culture. The love of Christ just overruled that and wasn't even a thought. So that's how it worked for me, just the love of Christ working inside of me in such a way that there was not even a barrier. And Pastor Ken, I'm hearing, even in your voice, like I'm just putting myself in the listener's shoes right now, and I'm thinking, you cannot deny, I mean, you can hear it in your voice, and I've watched it physically even, I've watched not only the love of Christ transform you, Kent, but I've watched the love of Christ overtake you and flow through you and offer this same kind of love to people regardless of what they do. And Kent, you've been involved in courtside ministries and you yeah. you minister to all walks of life. And, and the greatest part of that to me, Kent, is the reward that the Lord has afforded you to see oh, wow. how his love continues to reach out to people in regardless of their state, regardless of their culture, regardless of their family situation. And how rewarding Amen. is that, Kent, to be able to share the love of Christ with people that are down and out? Amen. You know, I, I think about that and I, I pray. I'm, brother, I just be honest with you, I'm really feeling the Lord in such a way, I'm almost ready to lose composure. This was not this was not expected, but it's just a burning. You know, can we always depend, and we want to be able to always depend on our brothers and sisters because we love our brothers and sisters. But also, I think we have to take on the attitude that maybe my brother and my sister might not get to this person. They may not make a connection, and you know what? I, I don't know how much time that we have as, as God's children right. left. And I don't know how much time I have left. <laughs> so the burning desires in each day that God gives me, I want to use that for his glory because I don't know how much time I got left. And also the world's hurting, the world's dying, the world's broken, and they need us on. We need to be on the front lines because we're in a real battle, mm. the battle for souls and lives and such. And so we're... The urgency, the urgency is there, and I think we as brothers and sisters of Christ need that urgency in our life each and every day. That's what will help us pursue the cause of Christ. 
Amen. And I'm reminded of Paul's words that says, uh, the love of Christ compels us. And that's what I hear in your heart. That's what I hear in your voice, Kent. And that's what I've seen. And uh, we're just so thankful, Kent, that you were able to come and share with us how motivating and encouraging it has been for us and for those listening today. I really appreciate your time, Pastor Kent, and sharing your heart and obviously letting the love of Christ flow through you today. Thanks for joining us today, Pastor Kent. Well, God bless all of you folks as well. Thanks for having me on. I know I know God will be glorified. Thanks so much. Amen. This is Mark Burden. You've been listening to Time to Revive on Shine FM. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at shinefmohio.com. We're community-supported Shine FM.